Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, once again, we are no longer the Benny and the Bets podcast. We are now the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Still kind of weird to say, still having a cold uh, intro. This could be the last show before we um, you know, implement uh, an intro song and kind of get off to our normal rhythm, but we appreciate you guys joining us. Busy day across the league, not so much for the Red Sox. You can kind of start to see the uh, frustration amongst the Red Sox fan base, all these other teams making moves, Red Sox not really doing a whole hell of a lot, but the New York Yankees today signed Corey Kluber to a one-year deal, and then early this morning, news uh, broke about DJ LeMahieu signing a uh, six-year, $90 million deal, so... Joining me tonight to kind of sort our way through this, uh, Andrew Dwan, Job Goddard. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well, guys. Uh, I was doing well until today. <laughs> uh, today, got, today went from bad to worse, as we'll discuss in a second. But, uh, you know, it's good, it's good to be back. It's good to be back with the, the crew that we're going to have for the season. So... I'm excited to get back in rhythm. Andrew, what what are your thoughts on uh, the day's events? You know, I'm just remaining calm. I think today was the first player we saw come off the board that the Red Sox were really targeting. And, you know, that was obviously Corey Kluber, one of my favorite guys going into the offseason, especially after his showcase where his velocity was fine. But it's just a one little setback. It's not going to make or break their offseason. We're going to talk shortly about the pitching targets that still remain out there because Kluber's really the first guy that hasn't been a re-sign other than some closers and the stuff that the Padres did. So everyone, we're not at our pets. Our pets' heads are falling off level yet. <laughs> Give it the whole weekend, and then then maybe we can freak out a little bit. The the Dumb and Dumber uh, reference. Okay, so let's just get into Corey Kluber. I'm not disappointed at all. I think he is better off joining a staff that's already kind of stable. I wouldn't call the Red Sox staff that, though we do expect, as currently constituted, it should be a lot better than last year. But, you know, we still have some question marks within those guys. I think Kluber is a giant question mark. I think that the Yankees have a ton of question marks. He's now their de facto number two. Jordan Montgomery would be their number three. I don't know where you go after that. Uh, Domingo Herman coming back from his suspension, is he the number four? Um, I mean, who's their number five? I don't have their roster up in front of me. But... Debbie Garcia, he was the rookie last year. They have some pretty high hopes for him. But yeah, there are, they definitely still have some question marks. Um, a lot of it's going to fall on health, which is kind of the same situation that the Red Sox had. 
uh, going on too. But obviously the Red Sox health situations are a little more dire than the Yankees are when it comes to pitching. Absolutely. I know Charlie was a big uh, Kluber guy uh, coming into the day. Uh, Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, you know, I was very optimistic, but then the more you read into it, it was like, ah, crap. Their pitching coach worked with him in Cleveland. And then I was like, well, you know what? His training facility is in Massachusetts. Then you find out that that guy is also the trainer for the Yankees. It's like, oh, come on. So maybe we should have connected the dots a little bit more than we did. Um, Hopefully, since it's a one-year deal, he might kind of take it easy, hoping for a bigger deal next year. And, you know, kind of holds back and doesn't pitch through any sort of ailments that might come up. But I don't know. This one this one kind of sucked. <laughs> Job. You know, I, I really agree with, you know, the fact that we should have been connecting the dots all along. I was also kind of a Kluber guy. In air quotation marks to going in. The reason that I liked Corey Kluber didn't have a lot to do with his velocity. It had a lot to do with the fact that he had heart. And Charlie and I were talking about this in a private group message and in our chat is how we want guys that can compete. You know that's him. He took a deal that I think the Red Sox, you know, were competitive with. I'm sure we'll find out that they were in on him, uh, so to speak. Uh, tomorrow or the next day as far as what the offer was. I was just sad. You know, I, I went into today. I saw that DJ LeMahieu had signed for six years. Immediately, my thought process was, okay, he just got 130. So, therefore, the Yankees just screwed themselves long-term in terms of payroll. This is awesome. And then it turns out, you know, the day got progressively worse. Went from six years, maybe 120 to six years, $90 million. And then they went out and got Corey Kluber for 1-10, which the Red Sox could have afforded. So for me, it was really like the rest of the division got better today, and we have not done anything to get better the entire offseason. Yeah. Luckily, I think the ray of light that did come through today was that we saw that expanded playoffs are likely around this year. So if we take in Baltimore still sucking, uh, Tampa taking a step back, Toronto really hasn't addressed anything. Um, I'm sure that's going to change soon. But we still, if the offense is what it is last year, can probably make it into that eight seed. And I'm sure they're going to sign one or two guys here. So I'm not writing us off yet. But. The Yankees did a great job today. We got to tip our cap when it's due. Um, getting him done for $15 million a year. I don't think any of us saw it going that low. Uh, but they maneuvered the cap really well, and they got all their players signed today. As, uh, no, they're not taking anyone to arbitration. I mean, I think the division is still wide open. I've got a lot of concerns about the Red Sox, but if I were a Yankees fan, I would have a lot of concerns there. Andrew, you mentioned the other teams as well. There, there isn't one bona fide front runner that you know we can say is definitely going to take this division. Uh, With Kluber specifically, though, uh, did you say fifteen million? I thought it was eleven. 
No, no, 15 I was talking about for LeMahieu. Yeah, it's oh, uh, 11 bad. for Kluber. 11 for Kluber. My bad. All right. And yeah. um, I didn't think – I mean, coming into the day, I was like, well, you know, a two-year deal for Kluber isn't out of the realm, I didn't think. But – it only ended up being one year, and I'm a little surprised because 25 teams attended his workout, and everybody was impressed, apparently. So I'm just wondering, what were the other offers, you know, let alone from the Red Sox? You know, what was, you know, a couple of the other motivated teams? I was just pretty surprised at it came out as as low as it did, you know, based on the hype from the national writers. Well, so I agree with you, Terry. I mean, he's 34 years old. So you think going into your age 34 season, you probably, this is your last contract, but he does come off the injury. So maybe a one year, $10 million deal to him makes more sense than two at 20, hoping that next year you can cash in on a two year deal with an annual value of, I don't know, 13 million. You know, so I think it's possible that he's going in thinking that this is a bet on himself. He's pushing the chips to the middle of the table on one more contract next year. It's hard to believe that nobody offered him two years. I, I think it's it's going to come out tomorrow from some of these national guys that there were teams that offered him two years, but ultimately he probably wanted to stay with you know his rehabilitation system and the doctor that he knows and trusts is with the Yankees. This is probably him trying to take care of his arm to, to preserve his value for next season. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a total bet on yourself move. He knows he has one more chance to prove that he's healthy and to get a team in a normal market year where everyone throws stupid money at pitchers to get that one last uh, deal that'll give him financial security. Because he really, you know, he hasn't made. He's made a lot of money, but in baseball terms, he hasn't made a ton of money yet. So I think he definitely wants that two or three year deal with like a 15 million AAV. And well, so you know, I have yeah. a question for the both of you, um, mostly for mostly for Terry. But, you know, the new CBA comes in, in, into play next year and players are expecting a lot more money because they always are when there's a new CBA. They're expecting hopefully maybe a revenue sharing agreement and a clean look at the books. Do you think that could play into his decision here that he wants to get a one-year deal and then sign when, you know, the average value for a pitcher goes from who knows, maybe his contract now would be 14 because everyone's contract goes up by 5 million. Do you guys think that could play into it? I don't really know how to interpret, you know, the CBA in terms of, you know, how it, it's necessarily going to benefit a player. Um, you know, because I don't think they're necessarily going to magically be getting more money starting next year, but you are going to see things like the qualifying offer go away, which was a huge hindrance to to someone like LeMahieu. Um, you, you know, and I don't know if the luxury tax is going to get tweaked or whatever. I would be shocked if that went away completely, but I think you're going to start to see stuff like that get worked on, but I don't know what factors are going to be implemented to magically, you know, get these guys more money. One idea I've heard, you know, other people bring up is maybe there needs to be a floor, you know, like 
maybe every team has Oh, there should be. Yeah, like just say 90 million for example. Every team's payroll has to be a minimum of 90. So that would force, you know, the Tampa's and right now the Cleveland Indians, I mean they're they're yeah. currently the lowest payroll right now, ridiculously low. So maybe that something like that could translate into into more money, but I don't it's just such a it's just such a broad range of of possibilities right now. So and with Kluber though, I just I don't know like I think he would have wanted the most money regardless because at the end of the day he hasn't pitched a full season since 2018 and that was 33 starts that year. 2019 he had seven healthy starts and then he got hit with a comebacker and then his season was done but even in yeah. those seven healthy starts he had a 580 ERA and then obviously just pitched the one inning with Texas uh, I don't know if that was opening day but it was his first start of the year only lasted an inning and I just don't know, like, he's not going to be 2016 to 2018 Corey Kluber. I highly doubt he's going to have that type of stuff, that type of velocity anymore. So he's going to have to kind of, you know, transition or maybe reinvent himself would be, uh, you know, a little bit more radical. But he's going to have to deal with that aspect. And then he's going to have to deal with the load management. Like there are a ton of question marks with Corey Kluber, which is why I wanted no part of him. Just tons of red flags and, and the likelihood that all of that was going to come together. And he was going to give you even like 23, 24 starts. I mean, that just sounds extremely far-fetched to me. And his injury was treated with PRP injections. He had a grade two tear of the, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this word right, the tears major muscle uh, on the backside of his right shoulder. And he had PRP injections. Those are the blood platelet injections. We've, we've seen guys have that on their elbows, Masahiro Tanaka, most notably, uh, Tyler Thornburg, you know, and, and, and Thornburg never had an elbow problem after that. He had shoulder issues, um, you know, which is what Kluber had, uh, this time around. But, um, but that's a, you know, to tear a muscle in there, I just, and, and then to come back, he turns 35 on April 10th, same birthday as my father, um, I don't know. I just feel like that's my father's birthday too, Terry. Is it? Just, just gotta put that out there before I forget. <laughs> that's also my dad's birthday. Kind of funny. Our parents got horny on the same night, apparently, different years. But, uh, but anyway, so it's just I don't know. I think I think that was the best offer he had, so he took it. I do think that the Red Sox probably offered him the exact same deal. I really do. I I can't imagine that they offered him less, um, especially with the connections. But I do think at the end of the day, the pitching coach and the trainer just trumped it. I, I don't see any other situation. I know everyone thinks that the Red Sox are just sitting back, sitting back, sitting back, not offering guys money. But they are. And you can't force a guy to take it. Sometimes situations just work out better for players. And this is one of them. If you really do want to get 
that one last contract, who better to be around uh, 365 days with than your trainer and your old pitching coach? It's great for him. I, I don't blame him. I probably would have done the same thing if I were him. I, you have all of you know all your facilities and all your training just at your fingertips so it sucks but it makes sense uh, Joe any more thoughts on Kluber you know I really agree with Andrew I think Red Sox fans have a habit of making any connection that they can for why guys want to come to Boston or should want to come to Boston the same way that you know Celtics green teamers do or um, Patriots fans want to say guys should come here because of Belichick. Red Sox fans find anything. And Kluber lives in the Boston area, so people thought maybe there's a chance. You know, he wants to stay near home, all this good stuff. I just think that people had it overhyped in their heads how much the Red Sox, you know, mean to players as far as a destination. I don't think it's a destination people want to play with the team that as it's currently constructed. So, you know, I, I'm just I'm just upset because there's no other options you know, taking deals from the Red Sox, but I don't necessarily fault players for that. You know, it seems like when players do get here, they want to stay. You know, Mookie was the probably the exception, but, you know, I mean, Christian Vasquez was seemed terrified last summer that he might get traded, and he was sending Ron Renneke <laughs> up to the front office to – to get confirmation that he, in fact, wasn't being traded on whatever day, you know, his anxiety was up or whatever. And Xander Bogarts took a team-friendly, you know, six-year deal, you know, left a lot of money on the table to, to stay here. Kevin Pillar didn't want to leave last year, but, you know, obviously one-year deal and, you know, they were going to do whatever they could to get as much as they could for him. So when guys get here, they do seem to like it. But, you know, I, I don't know. There there probably is a perception, you know, that the Red Sox don't want to pay certain guys. And we'll never hear the end of it, you know, from 2014 with Lester. And, you yeah. know, so, you know, we'll see. Hopefully. Well, that's another point. I'm If you're 34 and you haven't won a ring yet, who are you going to pick the Yankees or the Red Sox at this stage with the rosters as currently constructed? I think that's another huge factor. Well, on a one-year deal, you know, at face value, yeah, you could say the Yankees probably are more likely, but, but let's actually, let's shift gears now. Cause I've got a lot of thoughts on the Yankees, but uh, DJ yeah, here. The other big signing today, um, as I said in the intro, six years, $90 million, so works out to be $15 million per year. From an annual you know, salary, that's great. That's not a whole lot. That's basically Pedroia money that he's getting paid. Um, the other notable deal that's presently known, the, the Blue Jays, offered him a four-year, $72 million contract. So that would have been $18 million a year, a higher annual value, but for two less years. And LeMahieu obviously uh, preferred, uh, you know, the, you know, the, 
bigger overall deal, you know, for 90. And I think New York was definitely his, his preference anyway. Um, but so th- those were the two serious offers that, you know, are, are presently known. And, you know, there was a little bit of drama earlier in the week, or maybe it was late last week, where LeMahieu was very publicly upset with the Yankees and uh, implored his agents to re-engage with other teams. The Red Sox were mentioned uh, to to see if they can get a better deal. And we were all surprised, you know, it only ended up being, you know, $90 million. So I'm just wondering, what was the offer earlier in the week that he was so unhappy about? Was it maybe just one less year? Was it five years, 75? And, you know, and... You know, Terry, I think it was probably closer to four years. It could have been. Yeah, I'm just yeah, wondering... That's, what... that would have been my guess, like four or four and 80 or something. It's something, you know, and now he's just got guaranteed money for another two years. Yeah, and so I guess I'm just kind of curious as to to how that that all unfolded. But you know, Andrew, I guess based on what we know now, you know, as more details have come to light, you know, what are what are your thoughts? I it was a great deal for New York. I can't believe you know going into this offseason, if you told me. That DJ LeMahieu was going to get fifteen million dollars. Would have said you were crazy. Maybe it was a one-year deal, and he just wanted to play it out and get paid next year. But good for them. <laughs> he gets to flick the ball over that short right field porch, and he's going to be good for you know at least three of those years. I think if they could probably move him to DH at some point, if he can't even move or even first, he's a good player. He's going to be a pain in the ass to pitch to. And props to Brian Cashman. And one thing I do wonder is Toronto running into some issues here with um, getting players in because of their uncertainty. I don't know if you guys pay attention to the NBA at all, but you have the Raptors playing in Tampa this year. I Do we know exactly what Major League Baseball is going to do? Are they going to let a team play there and let other teams come in? I, I feel like there's a lot of things still on the table. Are they going to play in Buffalo? Because that could affect a couple guys' decision whether whether or not they want to sign there. That's an interesting. You know, that's a good point, point. Andrew. Or, go ahead. I didn't Joe. think of that at all. Um, sorry, Terry. I don't mean to cut you off. I didn't think of that at all, Andrew. But it would make sense. Um, we know that DJ wanted to stay in New York, but we also heard today that the Blue Jays offered him four years, seventy-two million. So my guess would be the Yankees were probably in the four-year range. They probably offered him more money. But I would say they're probably in the four-year range, and he's going to be, you know, there's no wonder he's upset with that because he wanted six, not four. They ended up settling on six. I would guess the average annual value is probably much lower, but they probably paid him the same amount of money. They maybe offered him four at, you know, 85, four at 90 even, and they stretched it out over two extra years to kind of stretch out the, the CBT. Uh, competitive balance tax so that they can get some other you know other players in there i like the move for the yankees it's really hard to be upset with them uh but it hurts it really hurts for the next three years beyond that i think you're right andrew i think he probably falls off 
especially defensively, and they have to move him to another spot, which when you're carrying the Stanton deal is not ideal. Um, they're not going to have any money to sign some of their younger guys who are going to be you know, arbitration eligible next year and then eventually going to need reagent contracts in the next two or three years in like Glaber Torres and guys like that. So I think this is a win-now move for the Yankees. And I don't mean 2021. I mean 2021, 22, and 23. They just kind of decided that their window was now. I don't know what your thoughts are about that, Terry. Well, you know, with the Toronto situation, I, I'm i not really up to speed on that, but I'm also not shocked because they did have to play in Buffalo uh, last year, and Canada seems to be a lot more, you know, stricter, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, COVID restrictions and whatnot. So that that is interesting. Another thing I've heard time and time again over the years is that Toronto – and I think Canada in general, the the tax rate's a lot higher. It might not quite be what California is, uh, you know, for some athletes, but it's up there. And so, you know, that's definitely a factor. Yeah. Jalen Rose used to have a saying, sorry to cut you off really quick, but Jalen Rose used to have a saying said, you had to pay the queen because you had to pay that tax too. Okay. Yeah. So that is definitely that, that, that definitely goes into their thinking. Yeah. So, so it's a tough, it's a tough team to, to drive, you know, to, to get free agents. I know Colorado out there, you know, where you live, Andrew, that's another, they, their owner isn't great apparently, but, um, but you know, they can't (laughs) seem to get free agents as well, especially pitchers. Uh, so you know, some teams just just have have issues attracting players, but um, but you know, it's interesting though that I think four years, seventy two million. I mean, that's aggressive. I think for a guy who's going to be thirty three, you know, this year. Um, so they they gave it their best, and I think props to Toronto for showing some restraint and not not getting too crazy. Um, you know, here's where I stand with the Yankees. Is this a terrible deal? Not really, but it's potentially going to be, it's potentially going to be a hindrance, much like the Pedroia deal is right now for us. And here are some of the ages of of the players right now. Stanton's going to be 31. Uh, this year, if he's not already, these are these are what they're going to be in in tw- during the the season, I should say. So Stanton, thirty one, several years left that his contract takes him throughout most of his thirties. Uh, Aaron Hicks, currently thirty one, his contract will take him into his mid thirties. Aaron Judge is twenty nine, still fairly young, but you know injuries are cropping up. Um, and you have to assume he's going to get at least a, an eight-year deal at some point. And the longer mm-hmm. they hold on to Gary Sanchez, that just confirms it to me. There's no way in hell they're going to get rid of Aaron Judge. <laughs> Getting rid of Gary Sanchez. You, think, you don't think so? I don't think so. No, I don't think Cashman dares to do it. I mean, look, name name a player that – they either traded or didn't sign and, you know, just, just walked away from, you know, you, you can use the Cano example. They were cash strapped. Mm, so this, this would be, you know, 
a similar example, I guess. But and then you can say they they got rid of Chapman, but they knew they were bringing him back. So I, that's not even a viable. That was a great move by them. Okay, I was going to go with Chapman too. That um, as kind of my example there. But so you you beat me there because they did bring him back. It, it, yeah, they knew he Tanaka. was coming back. Tanaka. There, I mean, they kind of used him up. That, that, I don't know. I I think I am fascinated by this Aaron Judge upcoming decision. He's got one more year of arbitration. I you have to. I wonder if you know Dominica is, is going to be ready by then. And that kid looks like an absolute freak. If you haven't seen any pictures of him lately, trust me, you want to Google that. So he's going to demand a spot in that outfield. And then you have Hicks. Um, I'm assuming they're bringing back uh, Gardy. And then I, I Clint Frazier so. is still on the roster. I, I wouldn't necessarily assume they're bringing back Gardner. I mean, he's old. I know, but yeah. I think if he, the fans will burn that freaking place in the ground. See, I don't. I think it, that, it's clear. The fans, the fans are smart, Andrew. You know, they understand that. You have to at some point. I, I, well, I actually was looking at some things earlier. They're like, where, where, where's Gardy? Why isn't he signed back yet? <laughs> so I don't know. I think that he was kind of their leader. And actually, I'd be happy if they didn't sign him. He's a pain in the ass in the face. Even if he's like over his last 45, he's going to get a hit against the Red Sox in, like, in the game-winning situation. You know it's going to happen. I hate facing the guy. <laughs> so if they don't bring him back, I'm... I'm happy. That just proves my point, though. You know, if they do bring him back, it's it's just going to make it that much harder to part from from Judge. I mean, Cashman just can't do that. He just can't walk away from these guys. He just he does not have the balls to do it. And I I've gone through some of these ages as well. You know, thirty one Stanton, thirty one Hicks at the moment. Judge twenty nine Lemayhew. 33, this new deal takes him into his 39, age 39 season. You can go to the bullpen if you want. Chapman, 33. Britton, 33. Adam Ottavino, 35 years old. This team's getting older. This team is getting older. And that's Which is what, what I what I thought was thinking too, Terry. You know? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking they probably just opened their window. This is their window. I think the window might have closed, to be honest with you. I mean, if Kluber works out, then okay, you know, maybe it, it continues. But, you know, we mentioned Davey Garcia earlier. He kind of has Henry Owens to me written all over him. I just think people are going to be sitting on that 90 to 91 mile an hour fastball. And, I mean, there's a reason he only pitched one inning in that playoff game. And I think he gave up at least one or two runs in that inning. I just don't think he's a starter anyway at the major league level. Um, you know, maybe maybe he, he can be converted into a reliever, but um, I just don't like the future uh, of Yankees pitching. I know they have that Clark Schmidt kid who, who might end up being okay. Uh, Severino is Clay Buckholtz until he proves me otherwise. You know, always injured, not consistent throughout the year. He he completely sucks in the playoffs, uh, you know, so he's going to have to show me a, a full year, you know, from start to finish, you know, of being at least a number three, you know, consistently, you know, before I'm comfortable with him. And I just, 
I think the Yankees window closed and they're just one stupid contract away from being unsustainable again. I mean, Cole and and Stanton, that's 60 million roughly, probably 65 million a year. That's crazy. And you yeah, know, no, it's definitely over sixty. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you you factor in a judge contract. There's no way in hell they're going to walk away from him. I I don't think they can do it. And then what are they going to do with? You don't think they can trade him? I mean, I think he's a valuable trade piece to somebody who's going for a title. Hi, you, know? you know what I could see happening? I could see him taking a lot less than anyone expects because he's going to be marketable as hell. So he can make all that money back up. So he might not get top of the market dollar, but while well, still getting rewarded handsomely. But he think of how many commercials he can do. All the judges corner, like stand up, all that crap. Um, he can make up that five million dollars a year in subway commercials and pizza commercials alone in that market. Even so, I have I have one thing I disagree with there, Andrew. I think these guys keep score based on how much they get paid. Oftentimes, um, so I don't know necessarily that oh, it's going to happen. No, they totally you know, these guys all—they all think about it in terms of how much somebody else got paid. Um, Terry, what do you think about that? You think that you know maybe Judge wants the most money because I think the arbitration has shown he's not worth what he thinks he's worth. So I would expect him to take as much money as he can get. Well, if there's going to be a discount, I, I just think it's going to be less years. I, I don't think the annual value is going to be any lower. You know, maybe he takes a four or five year deal. But I think like five, five maybe or something like that. I think he's going to be at least around thirty million a year. Oh, oh, I really? I think so. Oh, I, I don't see that at all. I don't either. I don't think he's long for the field. If he wants to, I mean, he's a decent fielder. But if he wants to stay healthy, I think he's going to have to start platooning at DH. Well, how do you platoon them though? I just. He, he's got to be in the lineup every day, and Stanton has to be the DH. I'm not saying, like, take one of them out of the lineup. I'm saying he's going to have to split time. One of those guys, you know, Stanton's going to have to go <laughs> grab a glove and oil it up because you can't have one of those guys playing 162 games in the outfield. And, That's and play where? And play where? Uh, I mean, they're both injury-prone. It's gonna have to the whole thing's a mess, guys. That's what we just need to agree on right now. That team is a mess. It's about to be. They're going to have to get someone to bail them out, and they're <laughs> going to have to pay a premium prospect. Someone so to... I could see them doing something similar to what the Red Sox did when they shipped everybody to the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers exactly. extended that playoff window by about a year and a half by taking on all that money. And then they sucked for three years. The Yankees could very easily, you know, do that in a year and a half, two years time when these guys are 35, 36 years old to some team that's going for a title run. Stand to the Red Sox with all their prospects. No. And uh, watch them hit home runs. 58 over the monster year. It's a dream I've had for the last 10 years. Let me have this. <laughs> you That dream, yeah. Up on Junker. Mike Stanton. Going back to the Mike team. <laughs> that team is a mess and you know today's signings i can't get confirmation of exactly where they're at but according to sherman and one other national writer they're right around the luxury tax so uh, yeah they're about on spot track at them at 10.25 okay so uh that was before kluber so they are there <laughs> yeah and, and you know what? They might go over. 
maybe. You know, I mean, they might that's go gonna, over, but I, I don't guys they still have to spend. You know, there, there's guys they still have to sign in order to do depth. They don't have a 25. Oh, I think they're good. They they got all their arms done today. Their bullpen was full. They had a full roster. So I you don't think they're think going they're... in with the, with the bullpen that I mean the bullpen that they have. I understand, but you think they're going to go in there with literally five arms? What what happens if Kluber doesn't pan out? You know they need they need <sighs> another guy. I just don't see them being in on anyone else. I I think they have plenty of long guys. They might go with an opener or two a day um, in the rotation just until the season gets going, uh, like a month into it. I just don't see. Let me pull up their roster really quick. I just don't see them spending much more. Maybe they'll take a $2 million arm of back end of the um, rotation guy, but I, man, I don't see them adding any more money. I just, they, they need a new general manager to, to me is what, what they need. I mean, you think so? What? I mean, they had no business signing LeMahieu to a to a six year deal. I mean, they made a ton of mistakes before this, though. So th- that's that's what makes it worse. I mean, the the brilliance behind LeMahieu was the two years they got him for two years, twenty four million, and it looked brilliant at the time because they passed on Manny. shame on other teams. They passed <laughs> on Manny Machado though to bring in LeMahieu. And they got better production. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really quickly, I am on their depth chart right now. They have six starters, and that's not even including Kluber. You have Davey Garcia, who they are high on. They're going to give him a shot. They have Cole. They have Jordan Montgomery. They have Severino. They have a solid one through three, if healthy, and they can patch together a few other things. I think they're done. I really do. I oh, think they're done. I I don't disagree with that at all. I, they're definitely done. But is it enough? And th- they won't have Severino back till summer, at least you know July or but so. Bullpen, they only need five innings. They really do. They only need five innings out of a guy. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, is it Seth Green? Who's the one? Yeah, Chad. Chad Green, my bad. You have Zach Britton, Chapman, Ottavino. Like, you have some arms in there. Yeah. Please give me Chad Green for four innings every fifth day. (laughs) Oh, I would love that as a Red Sox fan. Please. He's definitely their long guy. Uh, And they got that Loizaga kid. I think he can go multiple innings. But, um, but it's just not good enough. I mean, when you when you look at the Dodgers, I mean, stacked. All the way through the the Padres, basically, I the, I have questions about their bullpen, but their pitching is still far and away better than the Yankees. The Atlanta Braves, <laughs> starters, crazy. Yeah, I, I just I guess the American League isn't deep. I just rattled off three National League teams, but look at what the Mets are doing right now. I mean they. They got Lindor and Carrasco on a nothing package. Like that package was no, nothing it, with the Red Sox. Amazing. What's that? That was amazing. That was a great move. Uh, for who? Uh, for the Mets. For the Mets. 
Yeah. Oh, the, my God. Yeah. For, for the Mets, it was. But I mean, the, the Mets are winning free agency. The the Indians, though, didn't get nearly what the Red Sox got, you know, for moving. No, no one did. No one that's been trading these guys have gotten what the Red Sox have gotten. I know. Mookie. Like, yeah. The that... Rays got a decent package, but they didn't get Verdugo. Like, they got Patino, who's good. And then lottery tickets, the Cubs, Davies, and. Really, really far away lottery tickets. Like the Red Sox killed it in that trade. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. And I just, but it just makes the Mets look that much better than the Yankees, is what I'm getting at. They got Lindor and Carrasco in that it, deal. Then, and I'm not going in order of the moves they made, but they got they got Trevor May, uh, who's probably an eighth inning guy on most teams. Uh, they've got James M- McCann, who might not be an overly sexy name at the catcher position, but I'm taking him over Gary Sanchez a hundred times out of a hundred. <laughs> exactly. And uh, they were in on Brad hand. That would have been like the knockout blow for the off season, because that would have given the Mets a really good bullpen, you know, assuming they figure it out with Diaz, Assuming Batances is going to be the guy, you know, he was, and um, they got May, like I said. I think they can find a way to make Juris Familia serviceable. He's not going to be the elite closer he used to be, you know, in that 2015 season. But that's still a pretty good bullpen. And they got a pretty good lineup. And if Carrasco can pitch in that division, I I do have concerns there. But but I'm just going to take... Take it at face value. You know, he's been good. Um, you got DeGrom, obviously, multiple-time Cy Young winner. They're going to have Syndergaard back. I hate Marcus Stroman, yep. <laughs> but they have him. <laughs> he's still better than maybe all but one guy on the Yankees rotation. So He'd be their number two. Yeah, yeah. he'd be their number two. So the Mets, yep, the Yankees one. aren't even the best team in New York. You know, because Brian Cashman is, you know, he's a 1990s, early 2000s GM. He's not gonna, he's not gonna outfox any of the the top GMs in the game anymore. And and he's hurting that team. There's a reason they've only won one championship in the last 20 years, and they're not gonna win another one this decade with 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 Cashman. It's the start of a new decade, Terry. Be careful with that. I'm good with That's it. Spicy. Look at how old these players are getting, though. And this is their 2013. They're going into 2013 all over again. When A-Rod was busted, Tashira was busted, Sabathia wasn't himself anymore, wasn't any longer an ace. Um, you know, and they were kind of in purgatory for, for four years there. They made a wild card one year, you know, and, and got beat by uh, Houston. But they're not gonna be they're not gonna be a juggernaut. That window closed. That window's closed. So I mean, they can try to patchwork it together while we still don't quite have all of our ducks in a row. But but yeah. And here's another question. I asked this on Twitter earlier. Who gives LeMahieu over, just say, four years, because that's what Toronto offered him. In the next four years, would he have been more likely to win a championship in New York or in Toronto? I think more likely Toronto. I'm going to go with New York. 
I'm going to go with Toronto. Yeah. I just Toronto has as many questions in pitching as they have answers right now. But they, they're young and they're cheap. But they can't get guys to go there. They can't throw money at their problems without and with any guarantee that player's going to take it. We know, and there's a hundred year track history, a uh, track record of guys taking New York's money and not thinking twice about it. And will they do that now that the Mets are better? You know, you can take the Mets money. Steve Cohen's not going to, so. you know, let Brian Cashman bully him on anybody. But the the Mets aren't going to be going after top shelf pitching, and I think that's the main thing between these two teams, Toronto and New York. And I think I think New York has the farm system to go after it, and I do think they have the financial. Uh, Backing, and they say they don't want to go over the tax, but if they're running away with the division, come July, that tax line becomes a very, very distant dot <laughs> in your rearview mirror. They're gonna blow right by it. They're gonna trade Andujar and Frazier for some, and you know, prospect number three and four for whatever ace top the top shelf pitcher is available, and they're gonna pay. They're they're gonna pay. The Steinbergers haven't won a championship in too long, and it's a watered-down AL. They have an opportunity, which sucks, but also means the Red Sox do, too. But I, I, if I had to put my money on one of those two teams uh, winning in the next 10 years, I'd put it on New York. Well, Toronto... I would go the other way. I know, Terry, you, you said you would go Toronto. My reasoning for going Toronto is that they're young and cheap. Uh, I don't know what your reason is, but uh, I'd like to hear it. I, I love their lineup. You know, I think their lineup's robust. Um, you know, they got the Biggio, Bichette, Guerrero trio there, and they, they've got some nice pieces and, and guys like Teoscar Hernandez. And uh, so I, I love their lineup. Um, the, the pitching, They're into Amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, their rotation leaves a little bit more to be desired. You know, they've got middle to lower end depth, you know, if they can get a guy like Robbie Ray to kind of turn it around. But they do need one more piece, you know, whether that's Oda Rizzi, Bauer might be a pipe dream, but they haven't spent ser- serious money so far. So, I, I mean, we're not going to rule them out on, on even a guy like Bauer at the moment, but... um but they got that Peterson kid as well who, you know, could be a future ace. So if yeah, they can just healthy. if they can just figure out that that one more starter and then you know the rest of the rotation is serviceable. I mean, who thought they were gonna go to the ALCS back to back and Yeah, that's true. I'll yeah, but I'll say this though: that was Alex Anthopoulos's team, you know, and not Mark Shapiro's. So, um, mm-hmm. so, so he's gotta he's gotta get there himself. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just I don't know. I I guess I, I I wouldn't be shocked if if Toronto, you know, goes on a nice run for for a few years. But um, okay, let me ask you a question then, Terry. Yeah, you know, based on that. Can you name me, and Andrew, I want you to go as well. It makes it easier for yeah. us to have this conversation. Name me your four best teams in, in Major League Baseball right now, Terry, in any given order. Dodgers, Padres are, are up there. Um, I, I'm going to put the Braves up there. I mean, they've gone deep in the playoffs two years in a row. I think they got better 
you know, this winter, and, and they're going to get Soroka back. Uh, so that's yep. three, you know, and they're all in the National League. Uh, it's hard for me to really – I mean, the AL West isn't great. Uh, um, the Central isn't good. So that – you went exactly where I was going to go with it, Terry. I mean, I was going to give you those three teams and then the Mets. So I don't know what you think about that, Andrew, but the way that I look at it is the American League is so wide open that I don't know how you can say Toronto doesn't have a shot. I think their shot is as good as so, anybody's, if not better, because they only have room for upward growth. I am just super worried. Well, I'm not worried about it. I'm actually kind of happy about it. I'm, I'm concerned for their fans. And their organization about their pitching. But if I had to give you my top four, I'm going Dodgers, Padres, I'm going White Sox, and I'm going Braves. Those are my those are my top four. Th- that's I, fair. I, I like what the White Sox have done. Yeah. I like I love what the White Sox are doing. And you know, but I, I will say that, but... AL. I don't like the AL. I think you have the White Sox. You have the Yankees. I think the Twins have plenty of questions. Um. Even though, you know, they have some pitching, but I feel like their pitching can go down any day of the week other than Barrios. Uh, the A's, I don't know. I just, I never trust the A's to get it done. Maybe that's like an early 2000s thing where they just always dipped out, even though they had, you know, top like the three of the best five starters every single year. But other than that, I, I don't trust the Rays. I don't trust the Indians anymore, obviously. Um, I think it's so wide open, and I think the NL is just going to – they're going to dominate. I think so as well. You know, and it it was starting to look like the American League was coming back. You know, I mean, Houston had a bit of a, a drop-off, and um, I don't think we could foresee what the Indians were about to do. We knew they were going to lose Lindor, but we didn't think their payroll was going to get slashed like that. I thought they were going to be relevant. And the Twins, I mean... Embarrassed. Yeah, they're... You made a good point with their pitching, you know, outside of Barrios. It's just, you know, it's hard to really know where where they're going to be. And, um, you know, I don't think the... I thought the Yankees' window would be a little longer, you know. I just thought they would be, you know, a little bit more stable a little while longer. So, you know, the National League just surged right back into it. And they've just got some really smart executives out there. But the Mets, Job, to me, I mean, new ownership, a relatively new manager, you know, but they're still a dumpster fire until proven otherwise. I And I hope they prove me wrong. I got nothing against the Mets. I'm not old enough to be mad about 1986, but, uh, you know, so if they get it together, more power to them. But that 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 whole league is going to be phenomenal. And I mean, the, the reason that I bring it up, Terry, is because not only do I think they're phenomenal, I think players are going to want to go be the face of the New York Mets. I mean, Steve Cohen is engaging. The fan base loves him. New York, frankly, loves him. And there's a lot of Yankee fans who are frankly fed up with the team not winning. Yankee fans have this win-or-go-home mentality that Red Sox fans have as well. And I could see you know, the Mets putting together a competitive streak here for the next five, six years and really turning the Yankees into kind of a backseat driver for the next decade. 
They could very well do that. I do have some concerns about sustainability for them. Like they, they're going to need to build a farm somehow. And, you know, the, the Dodgers never really had a bad farm, but they, they maneuvered such a terrible payroll situation brilliantly for a few years there, especially after that Red Sox dump, you know, with Crawford and Beckett and all that, you know, and they, they navigated through that and, and still built a farm, you know, once Friedman came in. And the Mets are going to have to find a way to do that. And I'm just not quite sure they have smart enough people in that front office to to do it, you know. And I, and I hope they do because, I, I you know, if, if the Yankees are going to suffer, you know, we're all here for that. So, um, so ho- hopefully it <laughs> yes, happens. Yes, we are. Um, we're coming to up me, on – Oh, go ahead. You know, the – Sorry, let me just throw this in. The Mets are getting off like the 2011-2012 Red Sox vibes. They have all this talent. They made all the splashes. They need to get up, get out to a good start, which the Red Sox didn't. Or else that pressure is going to mount and it's going to snowball. I think it could go south if they don't get off to a good start. I really think they have to jump out of the gates. I think Lindor... Stroman, um, all these guys, they got to show they have it. If Trevor, Trevor may blows a couple games, you know, that monkey on their back gets a little bit bigger and that target gets a lot larger. So I think the first few weeks for them are super important. And that's a tough division too. I mean, I think Atlanta could go on a run like they did in the nineties and just win so many years. I love Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the nationals are always good on paper. The Marlins are only going to get better. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the Phillies, you know, I, I kind of like the Bradley move they made. You know, they got the Alvarado yeah. kid from Tampa, which, if he's healthy, could turn out. But that was a classic Dave Dombrowski, you know, injury history. And now we're, we're seeing reports that they might sign Real Muto back. Yeah. They're not rolling over. It's going to be tough. He's got a nine-figure offer on the table. So, I mean, automatically that's not an insult, when even if it's only 100. But um, but still, so um, – and, and I like Girardi, you know, so we'll see. I mean, I – Dombrowski, though, makes me nervous. I mean, two teams haven't recovered fully from the carnage he's done, and he's, uh, you know, already at work on his third team. So, um so we'll see, but it's it's a tough division, and you know the Mets are gonna definitely have their hands full, uh, you know, to try to at least finish second. So, um, but it's gonna be a fun team to watch, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, for the sake of their fan base, they get it turned around. I want to talk about Trevor Bauer real quick. Um, okay, we're not hearing anything on him. I don't know of one offer. You know, we know of teams with interest, but we haven't we haven't heard of a number. And, and I'm sure his camp knows what those numbers are, but we're not hearing them. And so there's just not a lot of momentum there. So I want to play hypothetical here. The Red Sox, Ben Intendi's name has come up in trades, and we'll we'll get into that more if if he does get traded. But that's five million roughly off the table. You could easily trade Vasquez, I feel like, if you wanted to. That's another six. So now you're in the mid forties as far as as far as your payroll goes. If, you know, for this year, as far as what you have for this year. 
what if a deal gets made with Dustin Pedroia and that money comes off the books? Now you're now you're in the 50s, probably close to 60. That's your Trevor Bauer money if you want to do it. You got to give up the pick. You got to give up the pick, but you're not going to have you're not going to have financial penalties if if even a couple of those dominoes fall. And if a couple of those dominoes are going to fall, you know, Bauer's market's going to have to come down a little bit. You know, he's going to have to be in the the 26 to 30 million a year range. I don't know if it's going to fall that far, but I don't know what's a realistic market for him right now because we're not hearing numbers. But so is, is I there a way? Here, Andrew, if you don't mind. Yeah, I was going to let you go first because people are going to like your answer better than mine. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I want to I get into the, you know, a little back and forth with you here. And I know you're the statistics guy, right? Uh, as far as the rookies go and, and the young ball players. For me, Harry, I don't know what you think about it. The, the pick is minimal. I, I could care less about the, uh, the pick. You know, whatever the word is that they use now, I can't even think of it. I'm tongue tied. But I can care less about the pick if you're bringing in the best pitcher on the market. The pick matters more to me if it's a, a guy who's going to be a three. You know, a three-man or a four-man in the rotation, don't give up the pick. For the number one guy on the market, I don't care. The, the question is, what is the market? I think the market is whatever he wants it to be. I just think he's in no rush to sign somewhere because these guys are continuing to set the tone. I mean, the Hendricks deal, for example, it's going to be either three or four years, depending on the opt-out. It's going to be $54 million guaranteed. The market is just absolutely setting up for him to make a payday. So I think he's just willing to wait, and I don't think he's going to be in our range, unfortunately. So... My response to that would be, it's not so much the pick as it is the financials that come with it. Because then you lose about a million and a half dollars off your signing, um, your slots. So then we, at number four, we might be looking at them taking maybe the 10th or 12th best player because they're willing to cut a deal and sign under slot. Because now the Red Sox have one and a half million dollars less to work with. And that's what scares me the most because I want the best player available. But um, I, yeah, to your later point with the market being whatever he wants it to be, I don't think he's in a rush. I don't think he gives a damn. I don't think he even gives a shit if he, get, if he sits out a month like uh, we saw Keiko have to do and Kimball have to do because um, he knows he's going to get paid. You don't get these kinds of starters on free agency. Uh, guys, uh, you know, that haven't hit age 30 yet. And at the end of the day, I think it's one team and one team only. And I think that team is the Angels. I've been saying that from the beginning. And I still think that he's going to end up uh, in L.A. And I still think they're going to underperform and probably miss the playoffs somehow. <laughs> I don't, I just don't know where Bloom is at. And he talked about, you know, these guys with picks attached to them, you know, wouldn't be ruled out, you know, even if they're long shots, you know, from the word go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm just trying. I don't to, think that's going to be his long term approach either. I think it's just this one year he walked into a nothing situation 
with a barren farm system. And he knows if he wants to make trades in the future, he needs to restock. And I don't think next year, if there's a guy that, you know, is going to have a qualifying offer attached to him, I don't think that's going to scare them away. I think after that, they're going to be like, you know what? Here's our window. We have, we've restocked the farm. We have our guys, some of our guys like Devers coming into his prime, Verdugo coming into his prime. Uh, you know, a year closer with Jeter Downs and Cassius. I just don't think the front office views this year as the year to go all in on it. I keep, I keep going to the Nesson ratings being down. Um, I just, I think ownership wants to win. I think Tom Warner wants to win. And maybe, maybe Bloom and O'Halloran and the rest of the front office, you know, from the operations side of it, um, you know, maybe they're a little bit more patient in, in their approach than, mm. than what the office, the, the ownership wants. But I, I don't know. It's so, it's such a closed front office. It's, it's really tough to get a read on on what the real motivation is, but I, the longer Can we stay in that lane really quick though. I think that there are still avenues for them to win this year. I don't think it's over. I don't think the door's shut. I don't think, you know, the window's slammed. There are pitchers out there. There's Taiwan Walker. There's Jake Odorizzi. There are guys that they can work with, with the 30 ish, $35 million that they still go around. There's Marcus Simeon. There are guys that are going to want to take their money because as we see from like team, the divisions like the NL central, I mean, the Yankees probably spent more today than the NL central is going to spend collectively this whole off season. I, we are, we're just in the beginning of free agency starting to actually heat up, even though it started like two months ago. But there is still an avenue and a street to go down for the Red Sox to be very competitive and probably a top five team in the AL next season. I th- uh, so I don't I don't want to cut you off, Terry. Except that I need to know before I forget. I got to ask Andrew. Whatever they're smoking in Colorado, I want some of that. So please send me the <laughs> you know the list because craft no beer and craft whiskey. That that was the only things I go for. There's, there's no. I mean, as much as I love that answer, there, there's no way for the Red Sox to compete this season. You know, there just isn't. There really. just isn't. They like, can win the AL East, but they can't win the American League. They're not getting past the White Sox, and if they get past the White Sox, they're going to get slaughtered in the World Series anyway. So I think that's an acceptable outcome, though. After finishing fourth last in the league, if you if you win a round in the playoffs. I mean, this they're not going to win the World Series every year. We won just a couple years ago. If we were on a 15-year drought, this might be different. But they're still paying the repercussions of selling the farm and handing out horrible contracts, quite frankly. And if they're able to make it into the second round of the playoffs, that, that's a successful year. And a free agency class next year, which is going to be a lot better than this year's, that's going to be more attractive to, to guys. You're not going to be that team that's like, oh, shit, if I go there, are they only going to you know, win 70 games this year? No, it's like, all right, maybe if I come instead of 87, we'll win 91. I, I think the building blocks are there, and the, there's still an avenue. I love this idea of signing Odorizzi. 
Tay, what do you what do you think about this? I'm thinking like when I look at it, there's so much money that they still have to deal with and get off the books, and there's the questions around Xander Bogarts and his contract and maybe his opt out. You know, I I just I I don't see them competing that fast and turning around that fast. I'd love to, you know, for the sake of you know the show and and fandom and being able to really engage the summer with baseball. I just I don't see it. Terry, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, Andrew makes good points, you know, with the pitchers that are available. And, I, I mean, I think if we sign Jake Odorizzi tomorrow, we're the best rotation in the division. Um, we're not as good as the White Sox on paper, but, you know, maybe Tony LaRusso likes craft beers as well, and, and maybe that'll <laughs> be a problem. But um, – and the the White Sox are in the Mets category to me. They're a dumpster fire until proven otherwise. I don't care how good they look on paper. Um, so that being said, I mean, the, the trophy is going to end up on the National League side no matter what. But um, I just mm-hmm. – I just we don't know Hein Bloom. We just don't know him. And, you know, the Yankees always had a history of – Players just landing in their lap, you know, and it happened with A-Rod and, you know, it's happened so many other times, you know, in the last couple of decades. Um, Maybe, maybe Bloom just like, you know, maybe he just wants to play possum. I'm just trying to come up with a viable avenue for Trevor Bauer. And, um, you know, I love the durability he's had throughout his career. And I just think, you know, he could be your John Lackey, you know, a lot more expensive, but, you know, he's your Lackey, you know, hopefully sale with that rebuilt elbow is going to, I think he's got what, counting this year, it's four years remaining. Um, So hopefully he's, you know, a top pitcher. I I think he's going to have to reinvent himself to some degree. Um I don't think it's going to be within the snap of his fingers. He's going to start mowing people down. I'd love to be wrong about that. Nobody wants me to be more wrong about that than me. But um, but you got those yeah, two. At least you got to take care of that, that as opposed to treading water like last year. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we'll see. W- one other thing real quick. I Before we came on, I was trying desperately to come up with a scenario of getting Evoli off the books, but I just can't get there. I just... I don't think they can afford to get rid of him. I, I, you know, I, I, I agree with Andrew. I don't think they can afford... And, you know, I was actually looking at the bad luck rankings. Um, it's if you eliminate one start from each pitcher... He would have had like one of the top ERAs in the AL. It was kind of ridiculous because he got shelled for eight runs in like two innings one uh, two one innings. start last year, and yeah. he would have been like in the low threes. Yeah, Perez so, was the same way. Yeah, I, you know, I I don't mind him so much now that it's winding down. It's seventeen and a half million dollars. I wish we didn't spend on him, but I kind of think they need him. I think he's going <laughs> on the DL, but. But if immediately after they traded him, you're definitely getting a minimum of a, of a Jake Odorizzi type guy. So uh, you know, with Erod and and Pavetta, who I think a lot of us seem to forget about. Oh yeah, shut up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. See, see what I mean? 
Um, you know, but he's a number five until proven otherwise as well. But, um, but yeah, so you got, you know, Erod, Pavetta, um, I'm already forgetting a guy in there. You, you're probably going to have Hauk, um, sales coming back. So, I, and then you'd have an Oda Rizzi type guy. I just think, you know, if you remove 17 million off your, your payroll, I just think, man, there's just so much you could do with that. And, uh, but you know, we don't exactly have, the they, would have up, they would have to give up something to get that off. You know, at that point, it's like, does that just counteract uh, the uh, the positives with the you know with the negatives there? Well, maybe, what do you who do you have to give up to get rid of seventeen? You, you have to you, you have to eat it. You you can't get rid of seventeen and a half anyway. Even if Evaldi was a better pitcher than he is, he, you need it. You need an arm. You can't get rid yeah. of. Him. But if you wanted to get rid of him, you know, you had to eat half of David Price, and then he didn't even pitch. But you had to eat half of David Price. Get him off the books. You're you're not going to get Evaldi off the books. He's a worse pitcher with a similar size contract. Um, you're going to have to eat ten million of that. Is my guess. Maybe yeah, more, yeah. maybe it's eight not, or nine, and you're going to have to throw some work in there. It doesn't work yeah. unless you were to throw like you know you can throw somebody in there who's in the last year of their deal. I'm not looking at the roster in front of me, so I'm not sure who's in the last year of their deal this year. But if you were to throw somebody in there to a winning team and say, hey, look, you need one more arm down the stretch, and he's throwing to a 3-9 right now, and here's a power bat, I mean, you, you can do that. I think you can move him at the deadline. I, well, I think you could throw a, a lot of salad. You could throw a Vasquez-type guy in there. You know, I mean, a, a, a good pitcher and a good that's catcher. That's a good one. Then I think that's like, team hashtag blow it up at that point if you're gonna get rid of your only non-question mark as a starter and your starting catcher i think that's just you're almost waving the white flag yeah i i just think vasquez makes our pitchers worse you know based on the the numbers but um but yeah, I don't know. I just but you're you're gonna do something with that money though. Don't don't forget that. Like you're immediately... I have the money. I I do. I think that they have the money. I think that they can make moves. It might not be Bauer, but I do think they're gonna get two arms. Hopefully. You think they're gonna get two arms? Yeah. I do. What's the market for Order Rizzy right now? You know, Who's I think it's going up every day. But <laughs> these guys are all doing the opposite of what they do in other sports. I know you mentioned the NBA earlier, Andrew. The NBA, these guys all want to sign first because it's all about percentage of salary, you know, of salary cap. These guys all want to sign late. The later you sign, the more the market goes up. You know, but the more teams are desperate. They're willing, they're willing to spend. spend money. I, I can't think of anyone that wants to add $15 million. Okay, I can. You know the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, but I well, so that's where I think. But I think I think Bowers going there. So I'm I'm eliminating them for an order, is he? What if they go to Bauer and Bauer says I want a year for four years, and they're not willing to commit to that because they think their window is probably a little longer out. I mean, they can go get order. They're screwed. <laughs> no, they can go to they can go get Odorizzi and probably make the playoffs. They're not going to win, but they can make the playoffs. And Odorizzi is the building block. You know, they're not the team, the team. 
I say in quotation marks, in LA anyway. So I don't know if there's that much marketability reasons for Bauer to go to Los Angeles. I think, you know, outside of Mike Trout, why would you want to play in Anaheim? You're not really even in Los Angeles. You're in Anaheim. Oh, I, I Artie Moreno can't help himself, and he's going to give you whatever you want. But that's the reason I think he's ended up there. Do you guys know the story of how Pujols got signed? It was, <laughs> no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember if it was at the winter meetings, but he was having a, a conversation with Pujols' agent, Artie Moreno was, and he asked his agent, he goes, do you think Albert would, would take $160 million? And his agent goes, well, you know, that's a that's a, you know a generous offer. I'd have to have a conversation with him, and that wasn't good enough for Moreno. Literally, he fires back immediately after and says, "All right, well, you know, how about two hundred million? Do you, do you think Albert would would take two hundred? And the agent goes, "Well, you know, again, I that's just something I I would have to talk to Albert about." Immediately after, fires back. Fires another bullet and says, "Well, what? What about two hundred and forty million? And the agent t- yes. took the deal right then and there. That's how the whole deal went down. I, I, Artie Moreno, graduate of the Michael Scott School of Business, right there. <laughs> that's how it went down. So that's how that's how ridiculous that guy is. And look, just look at last off season with that whole Peterson trade with." With the Dodgers, that was uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't wasn't similar to what would happen with Bauer, but it was just it was just a classic Moreno impulse thing where he he got offended that they were taking too long, and and so he called it off because he had a hissy fit, and he was getting it for nothing. <laughs> like, dude, chill out. Have some. Pay- the season's not starting tomorrow. Right. Yeah, we're in four months as it turned out, but. Um, but yeah, so I'm just that he's the worst kind of owner. He's probably worse than Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys. And it's hard to be. That's a big step. That's a big step. (laughs) I had me until you said Jerry Jones. Well, they haven't won a playoff game in the, in the Mike Trout era. So, and, and he bought the team a year or two after the World Series win in 02. So that wasn't even his team under his ownership. You know, it's just been such a dumpster fire organization. And I just, I it, it's mind-boggling to me how Angels fans haven't lit, lit that stadium on fire, you know, out of frustration. Like There's I, Angels fans? Yeah. Like, I think that's what it is. You know, the Angels fans are much like in, in Boston, you know, people – used to live and die by the Red Sox, and then it was, we live and die by the Patriots. And now it's people are on the Bruins and Celtics bandwagons. When you have so many good teams in one city, as much as you're a fan of, of that team, you just kind of watch other sports. It's unfortunate. It's the nature of you know being a big market city. But I think you know in Los Angeles, people are like, oh, well, the Lakers are winning. It's okay if our baseball team sucks right now. And, and vice versa. You know, There's very few people anymore whose only sport is baseball. People watch more than just that. And they're willing to accept kind of mediocrity. Yeah, and it's just a very casual fan base. And and I just feel like, I, I mean, look at how long they tolerated Mike Sosha. That dude should have been fired probably six or seven years before he finally did. 
And and the team's so bad that people forget that Joe Madden's even the manager there, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> it's just it's just a, a terrible terrible team, and and you know now would be the time to raise the mic. <laughs> I can't believe Trout even wanted to stay. Uh, God, he was supposed like, to how, sign with the Phillies. You have a top. He should have, and I hate Philly, but. I, where else can you have like a top twenty all time in the sport? And if you showed his picture to like ten Americans, maybe like six of them know who it is. That's that's unreal. It's not like they're wearing face masks and helmets. Like you can see their face. They're a very marketable person. And Mike Trout is just rotting away. His first playoff win is going to be when he buys the damn team. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think. You look at it, right, and the face of Major League Baseball right now isn't Mike Trout. It's Mookie Betts. It, exactly. it just is. It's Mookie Betts. He's, he's the best player in Southern California, and there's five more marketable guys than him. That's that's just that's pathetic on the Angels and Rob Manfred. It's, there's no better way to put it. I mean, you got Mookie, you got Tatis. I don't know if you want to put Machado in with them, but um, yeah, I, I would. Oh, Bellinger, you know, Kershaw, marketable personality, right? But yeah. you have Kershaw in there too. You don't even have to put Machado in the top five, and you're still looking at five of the most marketable athletes in the country. Yeah, Gavin Lux, not even interested. Lux is probably going to be in that conversation. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So hopefully i don't know maybe he can get traded i i don't know if that's a tradable contract you know i don't know what i think it is for for other teams other teams will take that on in a heartbeat to get mike trout but i just don't think that's that's the only thing bringing people into the into the stadium the only thing driving any revenue is let's go see mike trout let's buy mike trout jerseys let's get one national game all summer because mike trout is playing if you don't have mike trout that franchise is in real trouble yeah, yeah. There's no equal trade value that the Angels could ever get back. They they wouldn't get their fans. They wouldn't get the revenue. It it would be a disaster. You could not put a package together that would be worth him. Right. There are no players worth him, and it's not even close. You can't say, "Oh, but what if I gave you and name four players who are all stars?" Because I'd still say no, and so would every other GM. The only player who might even come close is Fernando Tatis Jr. And maybe you have to add two or three other players to that deal. And at that point, you're not going to make that deal because Tatis is 10 years, eight years younger than Mike Trout. So, you know, it's like you're not going to trade Mike Trout for a 22-year-old because the Padres will tell you, sorry, adios. You know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All right, so we'll we'll wrap it on that. We kind of went a little long there, but that's fine. Uh, people are jonesing for content. We uh, we provided that. Um, could be a fast turnaround. I mean, if a if a development happens, we're just going to come right back on and discuss what happened. I kind of hoping it waits till Sunday, but you never know. Um, you know, we were debating on when Kluber would sign, and uh, you know, it happened. Yeah. Happened pretty, on that. <laughs> <laughs> happened pretty quick. You know, all those arbitration figures were pouring in literally by the second. And 
Um, and then that, that ended up getting done. So, so we'll see. You know, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, mid-afternoon tomorrow the Red Sox finally do something. So, um, so we'll, we'll be on whenever it does. So, um, thanks everyone for joining us and, uh, month away from pitchers and catchers. So we're, we're getting there. We're inching. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back probably, uh, within the next several hours. Take care.